Welcome, friends. Uh, excuse me, but hello. I am Hundo P, not Amy, but I know some of her uh, sayings. My name's Taylor. That is my wonderful husband, Taylor. And as you all know, my name is Carly, and this is Sowen Sisters. With Taylor. Ba 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 ba. Cue music. Yes, so obviously this very low vocalized person is not Amy. Um, Amy could not uh, be here to record this episode because Amy is a bad bitch herself and is going to be directing a brand new Halloween themed cabaret this month. Again, cue music. Amy is actually directing an awesome Halloween-themed cabaret called Villains, Monsters, and Ghouls. And actually, the show dates run October 27th through the 28th this year. It is being held at the Waukesha Civic Theater. So for all y'all local fiends, um, well, go check it out. Well, you don't have to be local. You could just drive in. There's an airport about 20 minutes away in Milwaukee. You could totally fly in and see the show. We know a couple spots around here that's great to eat, so you don't have to be local. You so could take everyone. a bus. The internet's a thing. Or a train. Ooh. Or a lime scooter. You could you could get a lime scooter I love here. lime scooters. Let I know tell you, you do. Best trip to Minneapolis ever was on a lime scooter. Or you know hitchhiking, but that could also be kind of scary, so maybe not do that one. Uber. Lyft. Your mom. Carrier pigeon. People still have minivans, folks. Broomsticks. We gotta utilize broomsticks. Them. We're mm-hmm. all Halloween themed yep. here. So hey, broomsticks work. So if you love all things Halloween, villains, monsters, and ghouls, please go check out um Amy's show. Again, it runs October twenty seventh through the twenty eighth, and you can go to walkjustifictheater.com to look for tickets and stuff. So that is our big news for this week. But yes, again, Amy could not be here to help me with this episode, so my awesome husband, Taylor, is going to be co-hosting with me. Welcome. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. And I know that Taylor is super, super excited for this episode because it involves one of his most favorite TV shows of all time. Let's go. I'm so pumped. I almost (laughs) spoiled it by saying what it is. Yes. Well, please don't spoil it because this is my thing. Spoilers. (laughs) Don't worry. I'm just holding down our dog from making his way into yes, this. Yes, Kylo is also here and he's also very excited to be here. Um currently holding a tennis ball in his hand, his favorite thing. Hand. I said hand, I meant mouth. But, you know, he could also be holding it in his hand too because he's magical. So, we all have heard about making a deal with the devil. We've Pretty heard cool thing. We've heard it in stories, we've heard it in movies. I especially think of Pirates of the Caribbean when they deal with making a deal with Davy Jones and rolling the dice. So we're going to kind of get into how this whole thing began about making a deal with the devil. And it began with the legend of the crossroad demon. Oh, what a good one. Now, I must say most of my lore has come from one of the greatest shows of all time, Supernatural. And uh, essentially, it's going to be gospel at this point for what I know. But I'm excited to learn. Yes. 
And I would have to say Supernatural definitely took a really good way of describing it. However, it is not the most correct version. Oh, I'm sure. But... You had to make it TV friendly. Oh, yeah. You had to make it TV friendly. You had to make it exciting, too. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it has, like, gone through so many different religions and cultures, I had no idea about. So that's, like, super exciting. Oh, yeah. There's always, like, some type of demon or a deity who's making deals with people who are, you know, down on their luck. And mm-hmm. they, they want to get rich and famous. Or help their loved ones or see mm. their loved ones again. Or perhaps cast a curse on somebody else. Did no one learn from the Deathly Hollows? You cannot escape death. Harry Potter taught me that. I mean, I would hope that more other things than Harry Potter taught you that you cannot escape death. Well, at a young age, I grew up, you know, Harry Potter was... AKA death itself. <laughs> but I digress. So, yes, yeah, so we're going to be getting into what it means to like come at a crossroads and you know making a deal with either a demon or the devil himself so in folklore the term crossroads i use air quotes may represent a location between the worlds and this means where it there is some sort of area where supernatural spirits can be contacted and paranormal events can take place so a crossroads is essentially like a gateway between the other world and here. Correct. Wow. So symbolically, it can mean a locality where two realms touch and therefore represents limality. And that means a place literally neither here nor there, betwixt and between. I like that word betwixt. Betwixt. It also reminds me of the word twix, which is a great candy bar. That's what I was also thinking of. <laughs> we should definitely get some. Well, it's Halloween, so there's plenty to mm. go around. Also, there are glow-in-the-dark Twix right now, and I want to get those and see if they actually glow-in-the-dark. I doubt it, but I'm here I for just, it anyways. There's only one aspect of if I want to know if they still glow-in-the-dark. But Taylor's also colorblind. Can you see glow-in-the-dark? No, I'm talking about if I poop it out. Oh, my God. <laughs> we were all thinking it. Okay. Back to this. So we're going to go to... Greek mythology, which I know is Let's one of your go. favorites. I know it's one of Teach your favorites. Me. So the crosswords was, were associated with both um, the gods Hermes and Hecate. And they were both gods of the underworld. If anybody who doesn't know Greek mythology. And both Hermes and Hecate had shrines. And there were ceremonies that took place there. And Hermes and Hecate both had pillars throughout wherever they were and both of those pillars marked places where the gods had association with travelers and they were kind of not as popular to greek mythology but there are you know certain pillars here and there that mark certain places in greece that have hermes and hecate and they have some sort of connection to these crossroads. And if you see them both together, that meant that they were both cemented in ritual. So they had this whole like area where it was called the Suppers of Hecate. And this was like a story of where a bunch of people left her at the crossroads 
and each new moon, so new moon means no moon, and one of her most common titles were the goddess of the crossroads because they left her here. And that meant that she was one of these three choices or three heads which she could awesomely take place as one of her features of being the goddess of the underworld because she was the, I believe, like the goddess of like the undertaking. So that's pretty cool. And a lot of people can like look back onto other like parts of Greek mythology where like like Hades had like the three-headed dog and then also is represented with Hecate, like the three pillars of the underworld. So they associated her with the three crossing roads. Wow. Fork in the road. You're still blowing my mind. I didn't know Hermes was a uh, god of the underworld. Yes. I'm still blown away by that. Yep. All right. Yeah, let's keep going. Yep. So there is a homily from the 11th century called De Falsis Dias, and that tells us, and I'm going to blow it to blow your mind again, this ties into the story of Mercury and Odin. So now we're kind of going more into like the whole like Danish manner, but... Mercury as in like the Roman god? Yes. And then Odin as in one of the Danish gods. Wow. So they were also honored on crossroads. And the modern English text gives, because obviously this was not in English, but this is what it was depicted as, is, quote, There was also a man called Mercury, and he was very crafty and deceitful indeed, and trickeries, though his speech was very plausible. The heathens made him a renowned god for themselves. At crossroads, they often sacrificed to him frequently and often erringly brought praise offerings to hilltops, although the devil's teaching. This false god was honored among the heathens in that day, and he is also called by the name Odin in the Danish manner. So Mercury and Odin kind of, like, coexist in different aspects of writing. Who is this homily in reference from? Or, like, who wrote it? It wasn't really said in the research that I did, but all I know it was called Defalsis Dice. Because it kind of sounds like they're demon... Demonifying? I don't know the word. Kylo, stop. Kylo, stop. It kind of sounds like they're demonifying i don't know i don't know the proper word but it's like it's not like another religion talking about these two religions and how it was passed down unless but you could also think of it that it's all cyclical yeah yeah well for sure i mean most things are so this was probably another interpretation of what this meant so this is just another reading that i found when i was doing research that's wild Mm -hmm. so then it also goes what i call across the pond to the uk And this is where I thought it got really interesting. So in the United Kingdom, there was a tradition of burying criminals and suicidal victims at crossroads. (coughs) Excuse me? Yes. (laughs) What? And this may have been due to the crossroads marking boundaries of, like, settlements and people coupled with the desire to bury those outside of the law. So... In the research that I did, people who were, like, unchristian-like or decided to commit suicide or to commit a crime were buried outside of the civilization because they weren't considered a part of that because of the crime or the sin that they committed. And then they all just became crossroad demons. Basically. Oh, my goodness. So they didn't feel like they had the right to be buried with the cemetery and with God. 
So therefore, they were buried outside of this. So, like they said, they would bury those outside of the law, outside the settlement, or that the many roads would confuse the dead. So they also wanted to confuse the dead if they were to rise above and be like, I don't know where I am. Clearly, I'm not with God. Therefore, I must wander. On the crossroads. Yep. Wow. Yep. And crossroads were also commonly used at a place of criminal punishment and execution. So by, and I'm going to, I might butcher this word, but this is how it's spelled. It's called gibbet or gibbet or dual tree, which is also lynching. Oh. I don't know what gibbet means. I really couldn't find what it was, but I know it's a type of execution. And it also may have been a reason for the site of suicidal burial as suicide was considered a crime, obviously with the, with the whole Christian and Catholic faith, uh, faith, um, committing suicide is a sin. And well, that was because there was a point in time uh, early or a little bit later after Christ died, a couple hundred years, there were like wars and everything going on and people, this is a very loosely told story from what I remember, um, learning about suicide, but essentially there was mass suicides going on because people decided, well, if I, why do I have to live this existence? Why can't I just be with Christ? So mass suicides started taking place. Mm-hmm. So the church decided to outlaw and create a sin oh. called suicide. Okay. So that's why suicide, from my understanding, when I looked it up, was is considered a sin. It's not a God-given sin. It is a man-created Man sin. Man-created sin. I didn't know that. Good it's fact. Wild. Thank you for the fun fact. So... This ritual of crossroads and burial dates, the whole, like, you know, the criminal and the suicide fact, dates back to what's called Angelo Saxton times, and it continued until being abolished in 1823. And if you think about 1823, that wasn't that long ago, if you think about it. So that's pretty crazy. So the last type of death like this. Mm-hmm. 1823. <sighs> yeah. So... While they became a place of burial for suicides and others able to be given proper burial in the Middle Ages, the crossroads were once a burial place second only to the consecrated church for Christians. Mm. Also in the Christian lore, the idea of making a deal with the devil led to the creation of witchcraft. And some of those deals included, you know, being famous, being wealthy, living forever, being exceptionally beautiful. Um, and the soul that made the deal faces internal damnation. And this is where the hit TV show Supernatural on the CW network used when the souls went to hell. So this is kind of where Supernatural got that idea of like, this is why people go to the crossroads and make a deal with not necessarily a devil, but a, a demon who had been previously either buried there or killed there or made a deal or made a deal there and that is kind of where it's kind of stood the test all of time, demons are corrupted which souls. is also very very brilliant yeah. in the whole tv series because i mean both taylor and i are huge fans of the supernatural show we're also both huge fans of lore and history and everything so this it's is like so awesome cool for us. there's so much out there and there's so much to learn so for those uh, listeners who have not watched the series Supernatural, I would definitely it. give it a try it. because it is awesome. Especially if you love all things spooky because it's 10 out of 10 spooky. It's over. It's only 15 seasons long. What are y'all doing? Huh? What are you rewatching The Office for the 15th time? No, hey, start a new show. don't hate on The Office. I won't, but you got time to watch. I know you have time to watch, but also don't hate on The Office. 
because I like The Office. Anywho, so, um, so when those souls went to hell, in some other lore, those who made a deal with the devil also agreed to killing children at the moment of birth. That part was not in Supernatural. That This is kind of going back to the lore. But many midwives at the time were being persecuted for the death of babies because they were um, accused of making deals with uh, crossroad demons or the devil himself. Can you imagine that was still in place for OBGs? No, because <laughs> we're not going to get into that. So now we know the medical implications and issues of, you know, miscarriages and stillbirths and everything. But I guess what was going on at the time is there was a lot of babies that were either being born dead or having stillbirths or miscarried and or mothers dying within childbirth. And people were starting to accuse the midwives of making deals with the devil or using witchcraft to kill these um, unborn babies to live eternally. Wouldn't you have a midwife? Correct me if I'm wrong, but like, wouldn't weren't midwives more of like a wealthier type thing to have someone to help carry you through this labor, or was that just like something that Joe Schmo and his wife had? Midwives were. I mean, there wasn't any hospitals. There weren't any doctors way back in the day in medieval times. Midwives were that they would come to the house. They would come to wherever oh, the, when you were in labor. The, the they were the OBGs. Yes, yes, they were the people who came and helped you deliver. Copy, copy. So they had enough reason to believe that these people would come and, you know, purposefully take away their child to pursue eternal, pursue eternal youth or whatever else they had Makes sense. Made a deal with. Yep. Which is also ridiculous because why? But also way back then there was, you know, no no people magazine, no U.S. People had to gossip either way. Pick a little, talk a little. There's no WebMD to figure out what's wrong with you. (laughs) No, no WebMD. (laughs) It'd be like, art thou... Art thou, baby, not cometh from my womb. Doth protest demon inside. Yes. Cure? Witchcraft. Go to church. Well, witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, the cure, the cure is more witchcraft. That's it. If she floats, she's a witch. If she sings, she's also a witch. But if she floats like a duck. She's a witch. She's a witch. Great movie. Such a good one. Really small rocks. That's probably my favorite quote of that movie. What floats? Also, if you haven't seen, take a break from watching Supernatural and then go watch The Holy Grail. Yeah. What floats? Water. (laughs) A jack. Really small rocks. (laughs) So good. So this is where it gets really cool. Cool. I've already been super interested, so. So if someone was to make a deal with the devil or a demon, the rumor was... A mark would be left behind. Shut, shut. I kind of know where you're going, and I'm a little fucking excited. And even verbal agreements would have a mark. Many in the past believe that birthmarks, moles, or other scarring were marks of the devil. Well, I was born with a third nipple that I thought was a, uh, a, a birthmark for most of my life until my later teens when it actually developed <clears throat> the nip. So... I must have some super, super demon powers inside of me, according to this. Yep. Oh, the mark of the devil. I just got to learn how to... Somebody made a deal. 
in your name and here you are i appreciate that because i'm here to this day because of that respect so in the 1885 historical essay transylvanian superstitions writer emily gerard describes how crosswoods were often avoided as a matter of course and this describes a romanian belief that a demon could be summoned at a crossroad by drawing a magical surf um sorry magical circle offering a copper coin as payment and reciting an incantation so in the 1885 historical essay called transylvanian superstitions writer emily gerard describes how crossroads were often avoided as a matter of course and it describes a romanian belief that a demon could be summoned at a crossroad by drawing a magic circle offering copper coins as payment and reciting an incantation of some sort all right so all i hear is a supernatural's got a lot going right for itself right now which is true but obviously we can't use that as total I know. proof yeah so now we're going to kind of go to a different type of religion and culture, and we're going to kind of move into the whole hoodoo Let's go. Culture. So for those who don't know what hoodoo is, it is a type of witchcraft that has been kind of birthed and formed in the more southern parts of the United States versus more as where Louisiana is in New Orleans. Um, and it also kind of was birthed back in African culture, which I will also get into, but that's kind of how it has um, evolved through time. So in conjure, root work, or hoodoo, a form of African magical spirituality, and it is practiced by either many African Americans or people who live in the South in the United States, um, the crossroads for them in hoodoo originates from the Congo Cosmogram in Central Africa. And this represents the rising and setting of the sun and the human life cycle of death and rebirth. So circle life. Okay. Lion, Lion King. You know. And the center of the crossroads is where the communication with spirits took place. And during the transatlantic slave trade is where the Congo Cosmogram was brought to the United States by African slaves. So when slaves were brought here against their own will, unfortunately. But archaeologists unearthed representations of the Congo Cosmogram on slave plantations in South Carolina on clay pots that were made by the enslaved. So another word for the Congo Cosmogram was also called the Bukongo Cosmogram and the, quote, Yawa Cross. And the Yawa cross is represented as a fork in the road or even a forked branch. And this can allude to this crucially important symbol of passage and communication between worlds, like the turn in the path. Wow. So the crossroads remains in, in uh, I'm, what's this word? Indelible? Indelible? Indeliable. Indeliable. We'll go with it. Yes. It remains an indeliable concept in the Congo Atlantic world as the point of intersection between the ancestors and the living. Cool. So the veil between the dead and the living. And other African or 
regions of the crossroads in Hoodoo are found in West Africa among the Yoruba people. And they have an awesome example here for the Yoruba trickster deity called Ashu Elegba. And that resides at the crossroads and the Yoruba people will often leave offerings for Ashu. And there is a spirit that resides there to give offering for. However, the word Ashu does not exist in Hoodoo because of the names of African deities that were lost during slavery. So the name that they gave wasn't the name that it was original, but how it was transferred through the whole transatlantic slave trade changed. Wow. But that's how the people know it now. And so there was a folklorist called Nubal Niles Puckett, and he recorded a number of crossroad rituals in the hoodoo practiced among African Americans in the South and explained the meaning. So Puckett wrote, in quote, possibly this custom of sacrificing at the crossroads is due to the idea that spirits like men travel the hideways and would be most likely to hit upon the offering at the crossroads than elsewhere. African crossroads spirits were brought to the United States at, during the transatlantic slave trade and in the voodoo tradition. And what is known as the most recent deity of this is called Papa Legba. And he is kind of the head honcho of the, the crossroads and the, and the messenger to the spirit world. Cool. That's wild. So Papa Legba, you hear a lot back down in the south. So in Hoodoo, there also has been a practice that is believed to be in origin as selling your soul to the devil at the crossroads in order to acquire um, a bunch of, you know, various manual and body skills, such as playing a musical instrument, um, being really good at gambling, being really good at dancing, falling in love. And it is very believed that one may attend upon a crossroads at a certain number of times, either at the stroke of midnight or just before dawn where they will meet a, quote, black man, who some call the devil, who will bestow upon one and desired skills. Huh. So this is kind of where we're going to get into one of the most famous <gasps> kind of tales and stories. Let's go. Of one specific, very famous black man. One of the greatest artists of all time. Of all time. Though it has never been proven that this is what happened to him. But, but the dude is. sang all about it. But it is it. also... An amazing story itself. Yes, it so, is. Hundo P. This practice has believed to be originated from a amazing black blues musician by the name of Robert Johnson. And Robert Johnson, for those who don't know, was a very famous blues musician way, way, way back in the early 20s and 30s. 20s. And I believe he is also part of the 27 Club. I'm going to get to that. You're <gasps> jumping the gun, Taylor. Spoilers. You're spoiling yourself. I am. So. In the oral history of Hoodoo, it is said that Robert Johnson became a skilled blues musician after he sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. And because of this, people began going to a crossroads at midnight to sell their soul to a devil to acquire a skill to become a better at a skill because of him, because it was believed that he did so himself. So the family of Robert Johnson did come forward and said this is not true. Um... How he became a skilled blues musician was just through training, like Ike Zimmerman, who was also a blues guitarist. 
And in an article from the National Blues Museum, it reads, in the case of Robert Johnson, many family members have come forward to dispel these rumors and have advocated that the truth to be told about Robert Johnson. During the time that he was missing, Johnson returned home where he ran into Ike Zimmerman. And Zimmerman took Johnson under his wing, and from years practicing, Johnson became the legendary blues musician that we know today. Therefore, the idea that one can sell their soul to the devil at the crossroads and acquire skill may not be a traditional thing in hoodoo. But Robert Johnson did write one of his most favorite songs called Crossroad Blues, and it does kind of give the idea that either he was very interested in the lore or maybe he did try it out himself. And the beginning of the song goes in quote, I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. I went to the crossroad, fell down on my knees. Asked the Lord above, have mercy now. Save poor Bob, if you please. Again, this was way back when. There really isn't a lot of proof, but it is very interesting. So another writer kind of described Robert Johnson's career, and I do really like the artistry that this person did write. And it goes... In the dark of a moodless night, the story of the blues man, the devil, and the deal at the crossroads, as retold in Stephen Davis's Hammer of the Gods. In the delta of the Mississippi River, where Robert Johnson was born, they said that if an aspiring bluesman waited by the side of a deserted crossroads in the dark of the moonless night, then the devil himself might come and tune his guitar. Sealing a pact for the bluesman's soul and guaranteeing a lifetime of easy money, women, and fame. They said that Robert Johnson must have waited by the crossroads and gotten his guitar fine-tuned. Wow. That's wild. Mm-hmm. So, to kind of go back into Robert Johnson's career, because he was such a, an amazing blues artist that is still played and well-known today. Both Taylor and I are huge fans of blues and soul, so this was like an awesome thing for us to be able to research and write about. So... He was a Mississippi blues singer and songwriter and, according to legend, sold his soul to Satan at the crossroads to exchange his remarkable talent on the guitar. So he was born in Mississippi and he started playing the guitar in the late 1920s. And sadly, his wife and child child died in childbirth around 1930. And he said after that that he had devoted himself to the guitar. And part of the Crossroads story comes that he dropped out of sight for a while in the early 1930s and returned a much-improved guitarist. Yeah, he just, like, disappeared, but then came back. And was like... Which is a mystery in itself. Like, Where did he go? What did he do? I mean, yeah, he could have... Sold the souls of the devil. Yeah, he could have, like, played... There's a documentary on Netflix, and I watch it, and it's, like, not the most informative. It's just essentially, like, you can read the Wikipedia page, and someone made, like, a million dollars making the movie. Mm -hmm. But it's still pretty good. But they did, one part where they did go into is, like, yeah, he just, like, left. And then all of a sudden, no one heard from him, and, like, three or so years later, he's like, yeah, I'm the world's greatest guitar player. It's like, what? Isn't there, like, also an American Dad episode where, like, Roger sells his soul to the devil he to play the guitar? He does sell his devil. And then he tricks some other dude yes. to get to the guitar he so only he does it. Die. Yeah, he only <laughs> makes a deal with the devil to become the greatest guitar player so he can buy, or he can beat a guitar player at a open jam who's a barista it's great so in 1936-37 he recorded at least 29 songs in texas and san antonio to be exact but then he returned back to mississippi to play and sing in all the clubs and the bars Uh, but then he mysteriously died at the age of 27 
and again he was added to the 27 club i think he might have started the 27 club he might have the modern day the modern day 27 club and for those who don't know what the 27 club is it is um society's most talented singers and artists who tragically died at, at the age of 27 Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin. There's a few others. Sam Cooke. Yep. Um, so there was kind of a, a curse in that itself. Robert Johnson. And Robert Johnson. So he died in 1938, mysteriously falling ill after playing at a party and dying four days later. So nobody really knows why. But again, going back to Supernatural, the way that they did it in the show was you would you know, make a deal with the devil, sell your soul, and you would have about 10 years to live. And at that end of the 10 years, um, Hellhounds would come and rip you to shreds and also kill you. Also, another song is Hellhounds on My Tail. Which is also by Robert Johnson. Yep. So, who knows? It's kind of a mystery. Even though his family said that it wasn't true, you never really know what happens, and that's what's the spookiness about it. Yeah, did all the 27 Club, which the musicians in that club, did they make deals to become the best known the world may never know yeah it's wild it's cool though it's very low very big coincidence so some people actually did say that robert's deal with the devil came due and the evidence gave the fact that he had that people had seen him on all fours howling at the moon the night he died so could he have turned into a hellhound himself wow i didn't know that taylor's mind is blown it just makes exploded. me think he had rabies, and I'd feel bad for the guy now. Well, there is a bunch of undisputed facts, and there are, you know, a few and far between. More often than not, his legend has obscured the few grains of the truth that can be discerned. Because it's more fun! But according to the myth, the young bluesman desperately longed for fame and fortune. So, which gives us all the idea. So, but at the stroke of midnight, this is what the lore said. Oh. At the stroke of midnight, he walked down to the wine-swept roads at the junction of Highway 61 and 49 in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Shout out to all you who might live out there. Reciting an ancient incantation, he called upon the devil to make his deal. In exchange for Johnson's immortal soul, the devil tuned his guitar, thereby giving him the abilities which he so desired. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So the devil tuned his guitar. Yeah. What happens if the guitar breaks? I don't know. Well, it it's like the twenty or the twenties or thirties. It's not like they have the nice soft cases they it's carry. It's the devil. Around. He wouldn't break it. He's an all powerful being. The de- the devil would break it because then he wouldn't have to let some guy just collect he wa- sooner. He wants him to be good though. Yeah. Because then it's going to be all more satisfying when he takes his soul away in the end. Ultimate con man over here. Mm-hmm. So the devil tuned his guitar, thereby giving him the abilities which he so desired. From then on, the young bluesman played his instrument with unearthly style. His fingers dancing over the strings. His voice moaned and wailed, expressing the deepest sorrows of a condemned sinner. So whatever the reason, Robert Johnson died at the young age of 27 and left a legacy of the Delta Blues music, and that influenced so many guitar players in the future, such as Muddy Waters, which is an amazing blues singer himself, um, but has also been inspired by several other rock stars, including one of my faves, Eric Clapton, 
the Rolling Stones, etc. And in 1986, Robert Johnson was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which one of his songs was Crossroad Blues and Me and the Devil Blues and the Terraplane Blues. And because of the historical significance of ha uh, quote Crossroad Blues, that was also inducted to the Grammy Hall of Fame in 1998. Cool. So that's pretty cool. So, in addition to, you know, making a deal with the devil, so we're going to kind of change subjects a little bit. There are also different kind of depictions of the crossroad demons, and they're not human. Um, a lot of them are kind of depicted as animals and other beastly figures. Mm -hmm. So, there are beasts of the crossroads, and I'm really going to butcher this so I apologize but it's Ashkarit I believe which is from Belgian folklore and that was a black dog that haunted the crossroads and this was he was a bit of a trickster and this creature often played tricks on those who um, wandered into its pathway and luckily you could be saved from his trickery by standing on the center of the road and waiting for him to leave and you wanted to have his tail between his legs um i guess that was a kind of a sign of maybe submission um there was also a crossroads cat too and that was often called the money cat and in order to conjure the cat you had to leave a food offering particularly like a dead chicken and then you would have to wait till the cat showed itself to you. And then it would allow you to take the cat home. So then what you would have to do is once the cat got into your house, you had to trap it in a box or in the corner of the house until you tamed it. But you had to take super good care of it, including feeding the cat well and offering it treats. But if you let it out early or if you did not take proper care of it, you would um, have like serious bad luck and the cat would flee your home and curse you. Wow, that escalated super quickly. Yep. And then it mentioned also that the crossroads were a powerful place to perform magic. So according to Danish lore, on midnight on New Year's Eve, if someone stand, uh, I'm sorry, if someone would stand within the rectangle formed by horse cart tracks, a ghost of any dead person can be summoned and would be forced to answer three questions of your choosing. And it was said that in German folklore that if you'd like to hear the names of the people that would die in the coming year, you simply needed to visit a crossroads between 11 p.m. and midnight on New Year's Eve to hear the names called out by the wind. Well, alrighty then. Yeah, pretty wild stuff. Wow. Do you have any commentary on that? Uh, I, I've, I'm just more... I'm super curious on what you said before, like the taming of the cat, but also like the dog, you got to get its tail between its legs. Yes, you want would, you would want it to submiss. How do you, how do you make a demonic dog submissive? It would base. I mean, what the research said is that you would just stand there still until it submissed to you. Just stared in the eyes, mm -hmm. showing your dominance. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, Supernatural had a lot of good stuff out of it. I mean, it really did. I mean, there was a lot of stuff when I was doing research where I remember watching all the Crossroad episodes and 
thinking that it, I mean, they mean the producers and the creators of Supernatural did their research. They didn't make this stuff up. I, I would mean, also, there was a lot of lore that comes between this. Supernatural itself did not make a ton of stuff up. Most of the episodes that they had had some sort of history behind it. I really, I really do say people need to look up Robert Donis more because that dude was one hell of a guitar and blues player, but also like just that story is a wild one to know. Mm-hmm. Good coffee table you talk, you know. Coffee talk. Coffee talk. Good coffee, coffee talk. talk. But I mean, it is interesting to think that you know, back in the twenties and thirties, that you know, I mean, it 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 is a very haunting story in itself. That you know, someone really wanted something so bad that they were willing to sell their soul for it. And and again, it isn't in just this. I mean, like if you think of like the Pirates of the Caribbean, how many of those pirates sold their soul to be the best pirate or to get the gold or to have eternal youth and it completely backfired on them and they ended up being immortal but miserable you know to, all of that i mean all of that stuff is so cool yes the age-old trope you know there's always like two sides of the coin mm-hmm. yeah. always two sides of the coin and i mean you never you never get exactly what you want because there's always going to be consequences of your actions always there is never an easy way out and yeah that is that is my tale of the crossroad demon i love it deal with the devil that's super cool crossroads stay away stay away from the crossroads man you never know that's why you got to build roundabouts because it's never across. <laughs> it's never That's why they're building more crossroads. I've now figured out why, That's why the state of Wisconsin around. has decided to build a stupid roundabout at every single intersection. <laughs> it is because we have decided no more devils are allowed in this state. Nope. And I appreciate that. Nope. Only more places for cheese curds. Listen, we figured it out, folks. Only more Culver's. <laughs> Think about it. If you're somewhere and they're building a roundabout, it's because they're getting rid of the demons. So... Just give a You're welcome. Old, you're welcome. You're welcome for the inconvenience of traffic, <laughs> especially between the hours of 4.30 p.m. and 5.30 p.m. And anyone over the age of 40 not understanding how a roundabout works. Or under the age of 18, because I'm sorry, y'all suck at driving, especially by where we live. The opinions of my wife do, do better. Not. Do better. <laughs> do better. The opinions of my wife are not also mine. They're, but they are mine. But we do live oh. next to a high school and uh <clears throat> We see it every day. We do see it every day. Get better at driving because it's a disgrace. All right. Well, I enjoyed this crossroads stuff. That's just a wild. And a huge thank you for Taylor to help co-host with me on this. Thank this you very so much fun. for having me. Of course, it was a blast. Anytime. Maybe we'll do a fun Carly, Amy, Taylor episode or maybe even Taylor hosts one. Uh, let's if y'all go. liked this commentary, please let us know. Please continue to like and subscribe us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, and Instagram. Sawin Sisters is our name, but it's also pronounced Sam Hain because a lot of people don't know what Sawin is. And happy spooky season, everybody. I am so excited for the next upcoming weeks. October is going by so, so fast, and I need to kind of like take a step back and enjoy it because I really don't feel like I've done anything spooky. I do plan on celebrating some spooky season stuff in the next upcoming weeks as going to get some pumpkins hopefully doing some pumpkin carving maybe making some spooky season treats and definitely planning out what kylo is going to be for halloween this year very excited to uh 
knock some ideas with you, Taylor, because we need to figure out a good costume for him this year for sure. He was a pirate last year and he hated it. <laughs> but again, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'm Carly. And thank you again, Taylor, for co-hosting with me. And this was Sawin Sisters. And say spooky, my friends.